Having agency is defined as the capacity of individuals to act independently and to make their own free choices. Tune in to get an inside look at the inspiring uphill climb of businesswomen from around the world. I'm your host, Cheryl Gillihan, and this is Woman-Owned Agency. Rebecca, I'm so glad to have you with me today. Um, you've got such an amazing story and some of the things that you're doing right now kind of coincide with some of the things that I'm looking at doing. And so I'm happy to have you on the show and share your story with the audience. Um, with me today, I have Rebecca Gill and I will let her introduce herself. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. My name is Rebecca Gill. I am the founder of Web Savvy Marketing, which is an internet marketing company based in Michigan. I also co-own a, a pack of farm with my husband called Cotton Creek Farms. And so how long ago did you found Web Savvy Studios? Uh, so Web Savvy was founded back in 2009, um, which seems like forever ago, but, and it's, it's really evolved over the years, you know, in the last decade, we've, we've ebbed up and ebbed back down as, you know, our pursuits and really what makes you happy has shifted. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about your specialties now. Like, what are the things that you're really focusing on? So at Web Savvy, we uh, primarily focus on SEO now. You know, over the years, we've done custom development of websites for really large organizations, um, you know, support and maintenance. At one time, we had the largest stock theme store for Genesis themes outside of Studio Press. And SEO, you know, was kind of mixed into all of that. Um, but you know, SEO is what the agency started with in 2009, and it's what we found our roots, you know, back to, because really at the end of the day, that is what makes me happy. And I really wanted to, you know, kind of focus back into that. Yeah. And do share with the audience, you have a course and a book, right? Regarding uh, SEO. So, yeah. So over the years I've done um, courses, online courses, I've had a podcast, I've done masterminds for education because I not only, you know, work with clients directly on SEO, I've also really made an effort to teach other consultants and agencies to do SEO so they can, you know, help their clients and make sure that people have really good, healthy websites for Google and Bing. Yes, I've definitely used some of your resources. So I love that you're also an educator in the space that you're working in. Um, is there like an origin story for Web Savvy? <laughs> So, you know, it's funny because people like expect for most entrepreneurs to, you know, plan to do so. I was anything but I grew up poor and, you know, my entire goal uh, was to always have like a secure job with insurance and the ability to feed myself and provide housing. So I had no desire to be an entrepreneur. And then one day I put myself in the ER for eight hours because mm -hmm. I was in such a, a mental disarray from my work and I had loved my job for years, but the situation changed really overnight as personnel shifted and it just became a really toxic environment. And yeah, I would never have said that before, but I put myself in the ER by mistake because uh, I'm a type one diabetic and I mixed up my insulin and the amounts. And it took the hospital eight hours to stabilize me and send me home. And after sitting on the week or on the couch for a week, my husband and I just kind of looked at each other and we're like, we got to make a change. And it was at the heart of the recession 
we were in the Detroit area. There were no jobs available. My husband, we didn't even know if he would have a job the next day because he worked in automotive. So my only option was to quit and just start consulting and freelancing. And so that's what I did. Um, and, you know, without really knowing it was going to work, I, I had hoped it would. Uh, I was back to my six figure salary in a number of months, which was great. Um, that's so that fantastic. is our, my origin story for the, the agency. Nothing was planned and it was all out of circumstance and kind of a, a hope for survival and, you know, just kind of moving forward in a healthier life, you know, life situation. It's so interesting because you say, you know, most entrepreneurs, you know, have this plan. They've always set out to do this, but yet the women that I've interviewed so far, most of them have been like, no, I didn't have a plan. <laughs> this just kind of fell into my lap or yeah. I, you know, woke up one day and just decided like, maybe I should try this or, you know, um, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. Like so many of us. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious if that's just, you know, the women that I've interviewed or, you know, if I start interviewing men, if, if that becomes a common theme. Or um, different industries, maybe, right? Perhaps yeah. different industries, mm -hmm. but um, definitely in the technology industry. And maybe it's also like the times that our company started, you mm -hmm. know, um, so Cause Labs, for example, was initially started in 2003. You know, I joined the company in 2010. Um, my, Michael started his agency in 2009. Like there's just this, this period of like technology was such in flux. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think that maybe it is industry specific that maybe we just fell into this. Um, it's been a journey for sure. And for you, you know, you mentioned at the beginning when you did your introduction, you know, that journey has shifted maybe even drastically away from technology. And now you've got this, this farm that you're spending a lot of time on and it has turned into a business. So initially it was like, you bought the land, you bought the home. Did you know you were going to be a farmer? So we, um, you know, about five years ago, my husband was in automotive and traveling all the time for work. We had a house in the suburbs down by Detroit. We had a lake house up north that we spent a lot of time renovating, putting addition on. And we were finding ourselves up north all of the time and never wanting to go back to home. And it just seemed like we were constantly running some with something, right? And we just decided we were done. <laughs> So we sold off, you know, pretty much everything we had, the boats, the houses, and we bought raw farmland in Northern Michigan up where his family, his extended family lived. Um, we designed a custom house, built that, built our first barn, and we knew we were going to get animals, but we had no idea what we were going to do. And we just wanted to have some, you know, animals to kind of tool around on the land outside my office, but it didn't last that, you know way for very long. And, you know, before we knew it, we had a business and uh, our farm is three years old. Uh, we now have over 60 alpaca. We are profitable. Uh, and we end up doing training for other farms in the nation for alpacas because, you know, we have that business background and I've run other businesses. And, you know, when you come into something like farming and you have a business plan, you know, you have budgets, you you know, you have some skill sets it's really easy to make an impact when like, you know, a couple of years ago, you had no idea you were even going to do this, <laughs> which was really the case for us. It's interesting. So for us, you know, um, 
and I think this makes you a serial entrepreneur, by the way, having multiple <laughs> businesses now. <laughs> but for us, it's been, you know, we did during the pandemic, uh, sell our house in the suburbs, <laughs> move out to some land. And now we're thinking about getting some animals. And, you know, I'm exploring like, wow, this, this might be a second business. And I use you kind of as a model for this. <laughs> um, and that everything now, now that I own a business, everything becomes like, is that a business opportunity or is that just a hobby? Is that just something yes. I want to do or? Yes. Well, and the IRS is very specific with farming. What is a hobby and what is a business? So they actually have language that, you know, clearly calls it out. And we flip from hobby to business right away without even realizing we were doing it. But I think it, like you said, it's the serial entrepreneur mind and how you view things. You know, and like, if I, I mean, for example, my husband even manufactures his own feed. He's like, why would I pay for, you know, somebody's branded feed when I can go get my own formula with a nutritionist, make it better and for a fraction of the cost. And that's because he used to work at General Motors and he was a buyer at one time. You know I mean, we just, you take those skills and you kind of roll them over to the next thing that you're doing. Yeah. And it applies, you know, there's so many transferable skills there. Um, yeah, I was I was telling you earlier before we got on this uh, that you know the thing that I'm doing right now before we have animals is you know really definitely is a hobby, but I'm working with the land a lot. And you were talking about you know I have to go to the barn, you know, yes. and if I don't go for a couple days, I feel it. Um, for me, it's I have to get my hands in the dirt. <laughs> um, so I've been doing a lot of uh, gardening and planting and, and working crops, and it's mostly just enough for us to eat right now. Mm -hmm. um, but, but like you, I mean, I think it could turn into something more. <laughs> I have no idea. I, just, just, I love it. Even if it doesn't, it, it, it grounds you. It pr provides balance, especially as you know, you and I have spent time in tech for a really long time you know, and you're constantly online, you're constantly at your computer and then going and playing in the dirt or kissing on an alpaca just is really good balance. People talk about work-life balance. Well, that's my balance. And, you know, you're, like I said, I, if I don't go out and if I don't spend time with the alpacas and I don't get kisses from them, I do feel like things are just off kilter because it has now become a core of who I am. Um, and it's a good part of me that I, you know, that I want to I want to encourage and let it flourish. Yeah. One of the things that I've started doing is having walking meetings. Um, and so <laughs> getting people away from the Zoom fatigue that they might be feeling, yes. you know, like you, you don't have to be on video, just call me on the phone and we will walk and talk. Yes. Um, and that's been nice and refreshing. Um, I feel like the, the idea of we have to be on Zoom videos all day long is just draining sometimes. Um, even more so than being in an office together. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that there's a lot of Zoom fatigue right now. And, you know, people are ready for a shift. You know, we're ready for the next phase as we've moved through these last couple of years. Yes. Well, speaking more about, you know, technology and, and what is shifting and changing there, is there anything in the SEO world that is is shifting, do you think? Or is it pretty, you know standard from what it was, you know, 10 years ago. So, you know, if, if I look, I've been doing SEO for almost 20 years, which is a really long time, you know, and at the heart of it, this whole time has been be good, 
you know, like service your user, service the people that you want to come to your website, be their guide, be their trusted authority, produce good content, and just be good to those around you. None of that has changed, but the way Google utilizes that information, presents it, it's constantly tweaking it. I mean, the number of changes Google makes per year is, I mean, it used to be six times a day. And I think it's now up to like 12 times a day they tweak their algorithm. And it's, you know, it's just, it's very, from a, from a consulting standpoint and from a user standpoint, it's very frustrating. Um, and, you know, so there are constant changes going on, but at the end of the day, it is still, still goes back to do the right thing, right? You know, be that, that, that servant to those you, that you want to serve your customer base and your, you know, your future customers. And if you continue to do that and you always put that thought first and put your actions towards that, you do definitely ride out Google's changes. You know, you just kind of ride the wave and you usually end up doing much better than everybody else because you're doing what Google wants you to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because we build websites, a lot of people think SEO is a one and done thing. Like, no. can you add SEO to my website? I'm like, um, well, we can configure the plugin, but you realize that this is an ongoing need, right? Every piece of content you write, everything you do, yes. everything has to be SEO'd. Um, and it's a sometimes full-time endeavor. Um, People think to, it's a race, right? It, like you said, it's a one-time event that you race to do, but really it's not. It is a, it's an ongoing journey that, it, that lives with your website. And it lives with your business and your marketing plan when you're doing it right. And, you know, it just, it doesn't like, you don't necessarily have to have a full-time person unless you're a large organization, but you do need to have it integral to your marketing plan. If you want to show up on Google, I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And I think that's maybe, and you can let me know if there's other things that are misunderstood about the industry, but I think that's one of the most misunderstood things about SEO. Oh, oh absolutely. With like, without question, because um, you know, people do think it's, it's a, a quick task that you can turn it around. Like you can turn around 10 years of a hot mess in a website, you know, in a month. And that's not the case. Um, and you know, it, that it, it just, it is what it is. And you just work with people to try to educate them and then teach them how to use their time most efficiently. So they don't have a budget getting eaten up with a bunch of useless tasks in SEO, which clients do want to do because they don't know any better. And you're like, no, no, we're not going to do that. But why aren't we going to do that? Because it's not going to help. Well, like, let's not spend your time and money on that. Let's, you know, refocus to things that really matter. Yeah. And I think part of it is that as our organizations also evolve and not just in a crisis like a pandemic, but just over time, our organizations evolve. And mm -hmm. so, you know, SEO needs to kind of grow with those plans as well. And whatever your strategy is and whatever your services and offerings are, you know, SEO is always a part of that. So I know that we've evolved. I mean, we're not doing the same thing that we were doing 10 years ago. Oh um, yeah, no. We no, used to do mobile is. mobile apps and we don't do those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. So our organizations definitely, definitely have changed. Um, so what would you say is your superpower um, at your agency? I would say probably two. One is not taking on clients that we don't think we can help. We say no to, you know, just to incoming activity. If we don't see opportunities where we know we can make a difference and produce the ROI for the money spent on, our, on SEO, we won't engage. And then I think the other thing is 
nagging clients about really what does need to be done and saying no to the time wasters. Or, you know, if we see them doing something that's just not productive or, you know, it, it's counteracting the good that we're trying to do for them, raising a red flag, not getting people in trouble, but raising a red flag. Um, I think that if you have an SEO consultant or an agency that says yes all the time, that's an issue, right? Because then you're leading the charge for SEO as opposed to just the opposite. You know, I want my clients to say, wait a minute, let's just check in with Rebecca and see what she thinks. So I can help validate their ideas and, you know, give them the, the, you know, propel them forward with it or pull them back because I know it's going to hurt or it's not going to help them. Um, and, you know, I think that that's one thing that, that we do do that people are surprised by. They're like, well, our last SEO agency just told us not to worry and they would take care of everything. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> this is a partnership and we're going to say yes and no. And, you know, we want you to do the same for us. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's definitely what has, from what we've been told from clients, set us apart from other agencies. That's what makes you a good partner. Yeah. Yes. yes. I mean, I think that really uh, working together, collaborating, understanding each other, you know, you understand your sector, they understand their sector. I think that's an important thing in partnerships is that you both bring something to the table. Yeah. So do you have any particular partners that, you know, you were so excited to work on their project and it has, you know, just shown great returns um, and been really valuable and impactful? So a lot of my clients don't leave, so they stick with me. Um, so I don't have a lot of turnover or a lot of new opportunities because we, you know, we only work to what, what our capacity is and we do things ourselves. We're not off, you know, pushing it off to somebody overseas or, you know, an admin or anything like that. Um, so like the clients that I've have, I've had since 2011 or, you know, 2017, you know I mean? So they've been around a really long time. And I would tell you, I get excited over their changes in their business, right? Like we're gonna redo our website or we are gonna go after this new offering or this new product and being able to be part of that and weave that in to what we're already doing and help propel that forward has, that's, that's fun for me. Uh, I really do enjoy that. One of my clients who is a traditional uh, consulting agency fell so much in love with SEO once they started working with us that now we're creating a side website that's just going to be informational so that they can provide value to people and they will, they will make revenue off it, but it's completely different than their main business. And they went to a trade show and they were talking to other people and they're like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And the president of the company looks at me and goes, everybody looked like I had just landed from Mars. They're like, we don't do that in this industry. He's like, well, we're going to do that because he just, he, he got so excited over everything that we had done. He wanted to continue it in, you know, a new, a new manner, which was great. I love that. I love that excitement. That is great. And to be with an organization for 10 years, like I just said, you know, organizations evolve and grow and to get to be a part of that journey is really cool. It yeah. absolutely is. That's wonderful. Um, are there any uh, other agencies that you work with that are women-owned agencies? Uh, so we don't partner, like, so like we don't partner a lot with people where um, we share clients, right? With referrals and things like that. But because we have the same client base that sticks around for forever, 
you know, we don't have a lot of opportunities for that. Um, it just, it doesn't crop up as much. I would love to find agencies that I can work with where I could refer them like the website design clients that we can no longer accept because we're just not doing that or ongoing maintenance. You know, that's a big need in, in the land of WordPress. And again, that's something that we're no longer doing, uh, you know, and I would love to be able to find someone to partner with that I can trust and kind of push not only my existing clients over there, but also those inquiries that still come in that I, I just can't satisfy. And I hate just saying no to people, you know, that mom and me always wants to go, well, no, I can't, but guess what? These people could do this for you. And I really like them and they'll take care of you. And, you know, that's that, that mom and me always wants to give that kind of answer. <laughs> yes. And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast and speak to all these other women-owned agencies is because we have different areas of expertise um, different clientele that we serve, different sectors that we serve. Um, and I, I think I'm building a list <laughs> so that we which can do great. those referrals. Yes, which is great. Cause like, I would love that, right? When, especially when things come in for different things, whether it's an enterprise inquiry, you know, it's a really small, small freelancer. You know, like there's just so many different levels and so many different things that people show up with that they want. Um, and it's great to have, a trusted source to be able to refer them to. And, you know, cause I have done referrals where it's flopped where someone I've known for a long time, you know, is eager to do it, says they can do it. And then my client comes back and goes, Rebecca, they were not you. <laughs> and, you know, and then you just feel horrible because you tried to kind of, you know, bridge, be the bridge for that. And it just didn't work out as well as you would have hoped. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I do like to partner with other agencies just to, to test the waters a little bit and mm -hmm. see what their process is. Um, we also look for values alignment when we're looking at agencies to partner with um, because our clients are coming to us because of the values that we hold or because we're a B Corp or something like that. And mm -hmm. so um, we like to refer them for the same reasons, you know, that they, they came to us that we're referring them to a like-minded agency. Um, and sometimes that's just because we don't have the expertise um, and we're not the right fit. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes it's because we don't have the capacity for their timeline and their timing yeah. and, and what they need. I so. think, you know, looking back at the agency over the web savvy agency over the years, one of the things I did right was saying no to people when it just wasn't my skill set, you know, and we didn't have that skill as opposed to trying to learn it and use them as the guinea pig, just saying, you know, no, we're not the best person to do that. But Joe over here, or Sally is, and I would much rather you work with them because it'll get done efficiently, it'll get done right. And then I'm not going to stumble through the process, you know, slowing you up along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it was so wonderful to have you on the show today. And I'm so grateful. And I would like to just know, like, what's next for you? Uh, in the next probably two days, a baby is next. Not my Ooh. baby, not Becca baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's what's next. You know, I, you know, for for me personally, it'll be blending my two lives, my digital and my analog life. That is what a client in Boston said to me one day. He goes, Rebecca, I just I get the digital you, you know, the SEO consultant, the speaker, the all that things. He goes, it's the farm you, this analog version of you. He's like, I just don't quite get. And so it's continuing to blend those together. So, 
you know, I can be well balanced and I can still be doing good in the community, whether it's in tech or it's, you know, my local community with a farm, you know, that's what's, what's for me. Um, and I'm sure that's going to be what's for you as well. Yeah. Well, I love that you can bring your, your whole person to whatever it is that you're doing. Um, and like we were saying earlier, there are definitely transferable skills there, you know, oh, absolutely. um, and so I am looking forward to it and I will probably be calling you, <laughs> especially as we think about, you know, alpacas potentially. Um, but yeah, it's just been wonderful to talk with you today and to learn a little bit more about your journey because it's an interesting one. Um, so thank you for sharing. Thank you for having me.